You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Hi, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke, and we have a guest today who is one of my favorite creative people that live in the same area that I live in, and I'm so excited for us to have this discussion because she and I actually talk about things all the time, and we were just kind of joking about how if we should just record it, probably always, but we have Melanie Moore on the podcast today. Hi, Melanie. Hello, Chantel. I'm very enthused. I love talking about creativity with you and our artistic practice. And I don't know, I just really enjoy conversing with you in real life. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Thanks for same. Coming. same. Melanie and I are like magnets. We're in the same place. We're like, whoosh. and then we have like <laughs> quick little conversations, like, you know, just kind of like spewing all of our, whatever's going on creatively for us individually. Now, Melanie, you are a couple of a couple of hats and you probably have more hats than I know. But the ones I know about, you're the education director at the Maddie Kelly Arts Foundation, which everyone knows um, we are huge fans of at the Francis Roy Agency. And then you are also artist. You have a very um, I think a unique style, but you are an artist yourself. And so I mean please elaborate on that. I am sure I'm not doing it justice. So uh yes thanks Chantel I consider myself, or I would describe myself as a visual artist and an arts advocate. And that sort of translates into my day job with Maddie Kelly Arts Foundation and also out in the community for uh, volunteer and advocacy work about the benefits of the arts. I'm an animal lover. Mm -hmm. I'm an identical twin, which is a fun fact. And you turned me on to the Enneagram, so okay. I will just go ahead and put out there that I just found out I am a type four. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, we have been looking for type fours. Like, it's so funny because in at the age of Francis Roy, we have every Enneagram type except the type four. Can you believe that? I, I can't believe that. Yeah. So I, I, I it was a 98% type four with a five wing which so it's like a creative with a slightly more objective and analytical Mm -hmm. um, sort of influence I guess that's how I interpreted it so I was also surprised to find out that it's the most rare yes type so it seems obvious like the artist or the creative but you know I I just wasn't sure but you've turned me on to that that whole world I am so excited well you are the exact same type as my daughter Annalise Um, so you'd be a great mentor for her. We'll have a side conversation, but okay. also, uh, Jason Lindblad is a four wing five. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah. I, I feel I have a lot in common with him. Yeah. That's, that's exactly. funny. And what are you Chantel? I am an eight wing nine. Okay. You'll have to tell me what that is because I've, I forgot. So the I'm, I'm still is- learning. Yeah, it's the uh, the challenger or the protector, and then oh, the yes. peacekeeper. So usually coming in hot, but for a purpose. So yes, <laughs> which I I love that. I, yeah. I think we fours need you type eights in that in that sense. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's and vice versa in our lives <laughs> um, and vice versa because well and if we're speaking from the perspective of the enneagram i think most eights that i know we have this desire to be creative but we don't always manifest it in a natural way which really comes natural to a four and so maybe for the you know this episode i think what we're looking for is guidance from what i would consider to be innately creative creative mm-hmm. professionals like like fours that are you know how does the rest of the world how do you guys get through a time in your life where you might have a creative block or a creative rut and that's what we're going to dive in today i think it seems obvious to most people that this could be in a time of extreme creativity, but not everyone is experiencing that. How do you get through it? I'm so curious about this. Well, I think there's some myths about creativity out there. Some, Some of us might have proclivity to sort of innate creative thinking, but I totally believe that it's something that you cultivate and that's totally possible to cultivate in your lives. And I think many people assume that they're not creative, but they're overlooking creative aspects of their lives that they're doing every day. Like perhaps maybe you're, you're not a, a painter by trade, but you can whip up a, an amazing dinner with limited ingredients or put your own spin on things. Or maybe it's the way that you dress or you put together you know, your Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so many people have creative abilities. They're just not necessarily recognizing it. And I think what also happens is when, of course, some of my background is art, art education. So that might be peppered in within this conversation. But I think what happens is after kids get to be around eight or nine or right in the, we help, we call that period of time dawning realism. Oh, okay. And so children go from being just highly naturally expressive and creative and really unselfconscious about what they're creating to wanting to be able to express themselves in more detailed and concise ways. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're becoming more self-conscious socially. And it's usually around that time when if they don't have some concrete art or music or dance instruction then they just assume because they get frustrated with the process they assume that they're just not creative people Mm. so I think there are a lot of sort of dormant creatives out there who just didn't receive maybe a background in some basics wow I love that dormant yeah I just wrote that down I you are I, I feel like you're spot on there does become this time I mean, I can remember even being really young and wanting, feeling this desire to be creative. But when you're in school, it's like, okay, you're either good at art or you're good at music. It's not even really recognized that writing is a creative practice. It's more of a functional practice. Exactly. And so, you know, if you're not good at drawing or you're not good at painting or you're not good at whatever is traditionally taught taught in school, you're just like, And there's that comparison, you know, you're looking at your piece of work compared to somebody else's piece of work and you can be completely turned off from the fact that, that you are any type of creative at a very young age. That's so interesting. Yes. Well, and we just kind of carry these beliefs the rest of our lives. Like I carry the belief that I'm not athletic. And so I'm naturally not going to be your star basketball player. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm five foot one. So there are some, you know, 
innate sort of disadvantages, but it doesn't mean that your athletic practice or your artistic practice does not contain teachable learning, learnable skills. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can learn to do any skill if you're open to it, but I think that's one thing that we'll probably be touching on today is just how to remove some of those blocks to creativity and especially for creative people. And we, I think we feel it even more deeply because so much of our identity is based on how our differences or our perceived differences and our ability to create things that are different. And there's sort of a push pull thing going on right now with just so, so much overstimulation, mm. which I think sometimes people assume that to get, to be really creative, you need to be so highly stimulated, but there's a lot of right. overstimulation with just the barrage of images and branding, which of course you'll know, know all about. I see sort of an Instagramification of the art world. Um, and I, I love an e-course. I'm always taking classes and trying to um, up my game, but I've seen some classes pop up lately which are fine they're they're great if they if you want to take this but there are they're based on making art that sells but they're essentially carbon copies of what that artist creates on their own and the premise being that they look good on instagram so not only are we you know, sort of stressed out about making a living as artists then you're (laughs) you have these new stresses like how good is this piece going to look on Instagram Yeah. or how, how is this going to look on my website or is it relatable? Is it up to trends? Am I using the Pantone color of the year? I mean, there are some, just some extra pressures and a little bit of, it's almost like we're spoiled for choice with so many possibilities. Now we have the freedom to choose, but it also creates a lot of undue pressures and sort of new anxieties about, you know, whether or not your art is going to sell or be appealing to, to a wide audience. And I think on the, the other end of the spectrum, so we have a kind of overstimulation and then we also have stagnation. And I think they're kind of two sides of the same coin because I think we become stagnated sometimes when we have something that really does work for us mm-hmm. and we'll just work it to death. And, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being consistent. That's something that, you know, I sometimes struggle with and having maintaining a consistent look, but I think we kind of get our reward centers light to light up when we're really successful at doing one thing and Mm -hmm. it's hard to branch out or create different versions of that or to see it in a different way and to come up with new material. Yeah. That's so interesting, Melanie, because it's, well, I just want to talk, speak a little bit about the overstimulation. So it's, there is a lot of pressure. And I think you even like you, you know, I just picked up a new art form. I've been working yes. the J. Leon studio um, in their ceramics gallery. And yeah. there is a bit of, you can receive so much information that it stifles, like what you would naturally do if you did not have that exposure. So you do feel a lot yes. of pressure. It, it's, it's natural. I, as soon as I got, I fell in love with ceramics, I started following 
hashtag Ceramics on Instagram. And then I started watching the Great Pottery Throwdown on HBO Max, which by the way, I still recommend. It's amazing. It, and then there's like all of this stuff, but then now my social feed is full of it. And you see all these different styles and you're just like, oh, that's really cool. I love that. Or I, I love this. When in reality, when you're in, when I'm there and I'm in front of the wheel, my purpose is not for anything that's going to be Instagram worthy. My purpose is to express myself. It's to provide myself with a mental, some mental clarity and a little bit of a break. And I find that I have to remind myself of that, that it doesn't really matter what the outcome is. I'm not here to do three layers of glaze or try to get somewhere that I'm not (laughs) working too quickly or, you know, one on Instagram, I'm there for myself and I'm there for my personal progress is that, is that, you know, what is the healthy kind of perspective of that? You know, I'm not really sure. I think maybe a healthy perspective is to definitely try new things, but don't pressure yourself. Don't put pressure on yourself to be the new Instagram ceramic superstar, you know, for instance. I definitely think there's a lot of cross-pollination that happens when you try a new medium Mm -hmm. uh, or try a new activity, even if it's not even art-related, you know, especially for for those of us who are educators or leaders, it's kind of hard to put yourself out there uh, on a limb sometimes. I recently decided to take up scuba diving last year and it was was such a I know it seems a little bit random but it was just so far out of my comfort zone it reminded me of how people might feel when they're exploring the arts because for some people taking a painting or drawing class or ceramic class is more intimidating than trying something like scuba diving oh I tell you that is for real that, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it is it is a real phenomenon. Yeah. Um, now, once I got over my intense fear with a lot of excellent instruction and help, <laughs> I, I found that there was sort of some influence that went into my new paintings. So I started a new series after that, like my Oasis series, and you can see one of those pieces on a billboard in my yes. school right now with in Cultural nice Arts school. Alliance Art in Public Spaces program. Yeah, and. So I was kind of influenced by both palm trees that I saw, you know, practicing in the pool and then also different forms, life forms and grasses that I saw underwater. So, I I mean, I would definitely encourage someone to try, if you have a creative block, try something that is just uncharacteristic or maybe something you've always wanted to try, but don't be too attached to the results. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to post out everything you're doing. (laughs) You can, if you want to, if you, if that really helps you to get that positive reinforcement, Mm -hmm. but if it causes more anxiety, then it's going to be counterproductive to your creative practice, I think. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because it's natural. Like even my ceramics, if I post it on Instagram, I'm not going to show like the thousands of failures that I've experienced. Yes. Yes. Which I will tell you, there have been so many, there've been so many times where I've started to make something. Well, first of all, I will say this. If I m- try to create something with intention, it never works. Yes. Never. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can relate. Well, yeah. Yeah, so I actually did my, for my master's degree, I did a course of study called text and images. Oh, and it was sort of a combined 
combined course of study that you direct. And so I did an, a project, a studio project and, and a thesis. So and my studio project was in ceramics, but I had never, even though I had an art degree before that, I had never had any ceramics instruction. So I, I can relate to everything you said. And I, got, I, I was more into the, um, the coiled pottery oh, and hand building was kind of my thing. But, you know, sometimes even just various remarks can hurt your feelings. Like one time I was trying some things with open forms and, and when I came out, came out of the kiln, one of my classmates said, Oh, did your pot explode? Like, um, yeah, it exploded with awesomeness. Well, so this is the thing. Exploded this, with awesomeness. Yeah. This, is, this is the the difference between the eight and the four in the enneagram. Is I just get so not. I would say that I don't take criticism to heart. I just am like, okay, well, you're dead to me. Moving on. And <laughs> I want to cultivate that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, you're not my friend. You're not coming to my birthday. Like we're just, you know, we can be petty like Tache that. Away. <laughs> well, now I'm going to make that again. So good for you, I, you know, I think that I, well, in every form of art. So just going back to, okay, maybe you're an art, an artist, may, but everyone is creative is what we, I think mm-hmm. we've determined even through over a year of doing this podcast is that we have found creative people in almost every aspect, every industry, every right. everyone is creative. They're curious about being creative. They're creative in at home and they're not counting it. Like there's all these different types mm-hmm. of creativity. What, so right now, I think we did this like whole episode about how if you're looking for creative inspiration, don't go to Pinterest, which I know is like crazy, but- Yes, yes. Know, it almost tells you exactly. I mean, there's this intuition that we're not listening to this. We're not listening to ourselves. Like, what do you want your kid's birthday party to look like? Not what it should it look like. Right. I think it could be helpful if you already generate your inspirational ideas and you just need some maybe practical tips of how to carry it out. And then if you're at that point where you just need some, maybe just more material help in terms of how to carry out your vision, then I think you can interpret what you're seeing on Pinterest rather than copying it. But there are so many copycats out there. But that does bring up an interesting point because one of my top tips for increasing your meditation or tuning into your meditation, I see, I just, I just, (laughs) that was a Freudian slip. That's a little Freudian. Tuning into your creativity is meditation. Yeah. So I can't tell you how many ideas that have come out of meditation for me. So, and 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 what I mean by that is not like sitting and going, Oh, okay. I'm ready to generate this idea. And it comes to you during the course of that time. What meditation does, at least in my experience is it basically halts any momentum of unhelpful narratives and racing mm-hmm. thoughts and anything that's not assisting you in your creative process mm-hmm. so it helps you completely unplug you clear your mind and then i think after that is when you will often receive a creative impulse or an image and it might not be then 
It might be later in the day. It might be in your dreams that night. But I think the more that you can cultivate just unplugging through meditation, mm-hmm. then I think you're going to be more open to new ideas and inspiration because we have all these thoughts and beliefs, beliefs and, you know, cognitive dissonance about what we know or what we don't know, or if you've made up your mind that you're not creative, then that's certainly a hamper to your clearing creative blocks. So when you meditate, you're kind of letting all that go and you feel sort of connected and right with yourself again. And then I think that's when you open that channel. You know, it's so interesting that you bring up meditation because, well, I'm horrible at meditation. And I think a lot of eights are horrible. We, I, we, my brother and I were just having this discussion, horrible about meditation, but there is a reason why people are like, oh, I have this great idea in the shower. It's something exactly. that, you know, yeah. that part of your brain, you're in just kind of like this mode where you're not really racing your thoughts or right. there's, yeah, there's no expectation of productivity or result. And it's okay for me, I'm comfortable with active meditation. So yes, yes, yes. if I'm swimming laps, I count that as meditation. When I bake, I count that as meditation. And usually it just shuts off enough of my brain. I'm still like doing the things that I need to do, but it just shuts off enough of my brain where a, a good idea will have a pathway in. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, it's just another tool to get into that zone. Yeah. Um, some people get that when they're running or mm-hmm. um, maybe if they're driving, sometimes it becomes not enough. And then you might have to, you know, you might have to try another meditative mm-hmm. practice, but there's no right or, or wrong or, or which way is best. Uh, and there are so many different methods of meditation. Like if you prefer a guided or, or an active sort of meditation and you want to sit and try my meditative practice, you might try a guided meditation app. That's another possibility for people. But you're really just kind of unplugging from, from all those other narratives. And that also brings up another creative practice of mine, which is Zentangle. Oh, so yeah. the Zentangle art method. And it is, and I'm a certified Zentangle teacher. It's basically a method of pattern drawing, a structured Mm -hmm. pattern drawing that promotes mindfulness and sort of a relaxed awareness. And so as you're going through drawing patterns, it engages your brain just enough, just like if you're baking and it's, you're very fluent in, you know, cooking and baking. So it's engaging your brain just enough that you're not concentrating on unhelpful thoughts, but so that you can tune in and all, everything else falls away. So while you're drawing spiral, 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 and straight lines and form grids and patterns, it's a way to sort of tune in and tune out at the same time. So I was uh, teaching a class for veterans recently, and I I sort of team up with a therapist who is who leads this group with Oklahoma Vet Center. And after we, we finished the class and we all put our centangle tiles together, they're all done on small pieces of square paper. And uh, they all, you know, indicated they really enjoyed it, really liked the process. And she's, she asked everyone, so did any certain thoughts or feelings come up while you're drawing these patterns? And they said, um, actually, no. <laughs> and that's why we liked it. <laughs> and, 
and I think that's sort of relevant because you know you don't necessarily have to go through an art therapy process Mm -hmm. sometimes to tune into your creativity you don't necessarily have to process big emotions or big thoughts sometimes it is doing something that is active but allows for you to sort of transcend all of the minutiae of everyday life (laughs) and that's when inspiration sometimes will strike because then next thing you know when you're doing your zentangle your straight line patterns then become overlapping trees or next thing you know your spirals might turn into river river bends or uh, other interesting abstract shapes so that is another that's like a more concrete tip on creativity if if you're looking to explore a new art form that does not take very long uh, it doesn't take much time out of your schedule mm-hmm. And it's very effective and yields results that are similar to meditation. Mm, I love Uh, that. Yeah. And and there's another counterintuitive sort of nugget in that too, which I know this is going to sound crazy when you're encouraging creativity, but I think one way to really encourage your creativity is to limit yourself. Oh, And that sounds counterintuitive because part of it, that overstimulation and the pressure to create something completely new and different. Yes. So one one phrase that I sort of dislike, or I don't sort of dislike it, I really dislike the phrase, think outside the box. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I, I mean, because, yeah. you know, and especially if you have any practical application for mm-hmm. your art. So you can't, you can't go to a client and say, sorry, I know you wanted <laughs> this web press release or digital media kit for instance yeah. you said but instead I've, I've made a two-minute commercial for you so, <laughs> so, <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, so it's, I mean you know that may be creative but we'll take that for free uh, but then we'll also free. take that thing <laughs> that we ask well, for. first of all it's not really practical yeah so when you have the most limitations you know they say in, necessity is the mother of invention so if you think about all of the you know medical concepts that have been invented during times of limitation on Mm -hmm. time resources space like through uh different war times Mm -hmm. you know those are times of great creativity and technology for instance and medical procedures so it's the same sort of concept if you like if you tell an art student okay here's a a shoebox and do anything you want to with it so think outside the box or in fact, just throw away, you know, <laughs> think yeah. outside the box. There's just going to be so, it, it's almost just incredibly intimidating. Yeah. And you, you're more creative if you can figure out inventive ways to utilize the space within that box well, to deliver so a concept. Yeah. Because you're, what, I think what you're talking about though, is like force creativity to mass conformity. And we see this a lot. And Instagram influencers where it's like, oh, everything, everybody has to be so unique and you have to be so special that you actually ignore what makes you unique and special to be as, as like, and similar as possible as everyone else who is unique and special. And it's, it's just, it completely strips away everything about you that makes you who you are. You know, we, it's kind of a bad word in the agency to talk about thinking outside of the box. We, you know, it's like some people have to be in the damn box. Yes. <laughs> not everyone can be out of the box. You know, who's thinking about right. the box? 
you know, you have to, you have to be in it sometimes. And you have to, I love, as uh, Zig Ziglar says, when everybody else zigs, I zag, you know, it's yeah. that concept that not everybody is going to get this spotlight of uniqueness. And if you seek it, what you're actually doing is conforming to the masses. Yes. Yeah. It's a paradox, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. You know, and I've seen this, you know, in the art education context too. Um, if you tell a child, you know, think outside the box on this project, but they have no tools in order to try to put anything together. Like, you know, yeah. you can't say go compose. No one would tell anybody go compose a classical symphony. Mm-hmm. And just expect for them to already know how to play scales and read music. So I think there's like, like a weird disconnect, at least with the visual arts, because uh, of course there are great you know, untrained artists and folk artists who are doing their thing. And I absolutely love folk art, but I think it's, you can't just expect someone to generate a masterpiece on command and say, go think outside the box. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that's, that gives you, 1,000 times more pressure and unnecessary (laughs) anxiety. That, I think the demand, the expectation, and then the comparison. We, you know, comparison kills creativity. It's, you know, constantly feeling like we have to be as good and and we're just ignoring what makes us, you know, innately special and unique and what we bring to the table. It's, you know, goes back to as, as kids where, you know, you're compartmentalizing everyone like, oh, you're an artist, you're right here, you're an actor, yes. you're right here, yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're all of these things and that's your lane. So stay in your lane. That's what you're good at. When the encouragement of play equals discovery equals maybe you can just find out your own interpretation of life. We don't have to box everyone in and you can like overflow. You can be creative yeah. and you can be analytical. You, you know, you certainly- yeah that um Melanie and you know it's I don't know it's such an inter- I feel like we could have about four different podcast episodes about this I do too yeah <laughs> it usually turn into a television series <laughs> we have an idea um, so, <laughs> well one thing I know we have to wrap here but we've gone a little bit over over but everybody can just get over it it's gonna be great this is great information at the end I well, first of all, I will say this. I feel like we need to do a part two, but we'll, we'll talk about that. We can talk about that offline a little. Excellent. Yeah. I have, I have quite a few things to say on this subject, so I'm totally yeah. game. <laughs> we need to hear it. We being every yeah. single person because everybody is creative. And I think we need to get, because we've been coded to understand that we're either creative or we're not, we need permission to be creative and you need people to tell you that. Exactly. Yeah. And you need to be able to self-regulate enough so that you can give yourself permission. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not easy to do. That's, that's easier said than done for sure. Yeah. It's well, oh gosh, that could be like 40 other discussions, but I like to wrap our episodes with asking all of our guests a question about what are your RWLs? So if you listen to the podcast, you know, that's what we're reading, watching, and listening to. Is there anything in those three categories that's giving you, you know, some major inspo right now? Um, so I, uh, I have been revisiting the Harry Potter series oh, and I'm, <laughs> I've been listening to that on audible 
while I'm doing my Zentangle practice. And so and that does kind of link into a creative idea that helps me sometimes. It's like I'm I will sometimes envision like what would a character from this book or from this TV series, if they were creating this Zentangle, what types of motifs would they use? You know, it's a way to kind of try on different creative identities. So oh and God, I really like that. Are we soulmates? <laughs> we might be. <laughs> you do Zengard on paper and in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really and I love the fantasy aspect of that. I think it is it does promote creativity. Like if you listen to or watch various, you know, the fantasy various um, pieces from the fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. So that I would kind of that kind of fits the reading and listening to question a little bit watching you know I have not watched anything in probably a couple of months now because I I just decided to unplug from that so that I could get in touch with other creative aspects and you know I do um you know different self-help sort of videos and things like that I'm also listening to or, or reading I'm doing audible it's called get rich lucky bitch and it's all about by Denise Duffield Thomas I absolutely love this book it's all about cultivating uh, a money mindset love it and how to become be comfortable with money and, and business and generating money and I think for creatives that's that's often a block that we have Mm-hmm. but it's uh, presented in a really funny and witty way that I really love. So wow, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's basically, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm up to. <laughs> we'll link to all of that stuff too. And then yeah. we would love, I will definitely reach out and get a photo of some of yours in tangle work, because I think that's so interesting and you should like host a workshop or something. I don't know. I got a lot of ideas, but I would love that. Yes. Once I get my commissions wrapped up, I'm looking at scheduling workshops for next year. So awesome. I would love to do that. Well, we will definitely do that. If not for Francis Roy, maybe for something bigger and awesome for like a conference or something when people are meeting again. So I think that would be super cool. Creativity. It opens doors. If you're in a block, change your perspective a bit. Just maybe go scuba diving, do something, (laughs) uh, do something cool, but give yourself permission to be creative. Do you have any final bits of how do we follow you on Instagram and all and all of the fun socials that's what the young people in my office call it socials oh yes so my Instagram is Melanie Moore art and the my art page for Facebook is the same okay that's the best way to find me on social Fun. Well, I hope everyone will follow you. Your art is beautiful. I'm going to go down and take a photo of your billboard that's in Niceville. It's that the Oasis uh, work that you did is so gorgeous. And we definitely want to share that as well. And we're just going to share all kinds of fun stuff about you. And I thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, this is the highlight of my year. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking with you, Chantel, and you guys do such a fabulous job with Francis Roy. I think you're all a, a fantastic team of creative geniuses, and and I don't, I don't, I don't say that lightly. I, I well, thanks. I'm uh, discerning. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a creative person. Your art bullshit meter is high. I like it. <laughs> 
Well, you are a delight, Melanie. And if you guys listening are feeling as inspired to do something and create today as I am, I hope you will just, you know, break down those barriers and do something new, or maybe don't do something new, do something easy with that's with yeah. our reach and just like pull off the expectations. But if you have questions for Melanie, you can email them to us. Hello at francisroy.com. Please also follow her on Instagram and Facebook, Melanie Moore Art. You are going to love her art as much as we all do. And we're, you know, stay tuned for a part two. I think we're going to need it. Thank you again. I think now. we definitely do. We have a lot to talk about. Thank yes, you so you much, Chantel. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, guys, next week, Monday, we'll have a new drop with uh, something else. It's going to be awesome. Who knows? Stay tuned. Mm -hmm.